the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. We are back on the second hour of the Bob France Show. Once again, I am Khalid Namar in for Bob France. I will be sitting in this seat uh, tomorrow as well. Same time, same sandbox, 9 to 11. Again, thanks for uh, the confidence that Bob has shown to have me fill in. That's a huge honor. So hope I'm, uh, I hope I'm flying this plane right. <laughs> so if you want to get in, get in now. one 281 or 216-901-0945. Uh, during the last segment, I kind of touched on the border a little bit and it, it, I, the government right now, it, when it comes to the border issues, n- not very competent on, on many levels. I'm going to share something with you. It's pretty disturbing because right now what people don't understand about Latin America, what's going on now, we've always dealt with, with migration coming from the South, lots of Mexicans, of course. Now, what's unique about this situation is you have five countries that are falling apart right now, uh, particularly three Central American nations for actually four, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Honduras and Guatemala are, are collapsing and people are fleeing in mass. Then south of that, you have Venezuela. Well, over a million people have left Venezuela and flooded into Colombia. And then you have gangs from uh, Brazil, you know, flooding over into Paraguay. And there's massive corruption. There's, there's big problems there, more so than it's been probably ever. And you're dealing with a, with a continent that has 90% unsolved murder rates. I want you to think about that. 90% unsolved murder rates. That is very, very disturbing. 
And so the policies of our government, which allow for all sorts of things, uh, and that is they allow for trafficking. Let me, let me show you what I read this a couple of months from uh, Judicial Watch. U.S. combats child marriage abroad grants thousands of spousal visas for immigrant kids. Spousal visas. So it says, while the U.S. government advances policies to prevent child marriage in foreign countries, it approves thousands of petitions filed by Americans seeking spouse or fiancé visas for children born abroad. In the last decade, more than 8,500 petitions for spousal entry into the U.S. involve minors, according to government figures, included in a Senate Homeland Security report. How U.S. Immigration System Encourages Child Marriage is the name of the report. In an overwhelming number of the cases, girls were the younger party, and in some cases were significant age differences. Senate investigators found two were only 13 years old, 38 were 14 years old, 269 were 15 years old, and 1,768 were 16. The remaining 6,609 were 17 years old, according to the records, which were obtained from U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service. Very disturbing. So in one example, the agency approved a 71-year-old American citizen's visa request for a 17-year-old spouse from Guatemala. In another, the agency granted a 14-year-old U.S. citizen's petition for a 48-year-old spouse from Jamaica. You heard that right. A 14-year-old U.S. citizen's petition was granted for a 48-year-old spouse from Jamaica. This is what our government is doing. It's almost like they're not even reading these petitions. This is insane. Um, the USCIS, U.S. Customs Immigration Service, rubber-stamped 149 applications involving a minor with an adult spouse or fiancé over the age of 40. Nearly 5,000 minors in the United States on spousal visa or spousal or fiance visas received green cards to become lawful permanent residents, federal records show. If people don't think that there's an issue, uh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. Because you don't realize what's going on in Latin America when you have a worldwide pedophile network. You have thousands of unaccompanied minors coming to the United States across the border. I've even read reports where the same children have come across with different adults. I, I this is pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know to the degree that people really understand what's happening. This is not about hating black or brown people, or you know, this is about really protecting children and and the sovereignty of the country. Because you can't have thousands of people running across the border uh, as they have been, particularly, and they're dying in the desert. In Yuma, Arizona, there's 10,000 people, I think, over the last decade who have died trying to get here. There's bones in the desert right outside the border of Yuma. And people don't really seem to even understand the gravity of it. So now we have the Democrats saying that there is a crisis at the border. Well, okay, so what are we going to do about it? Because this is about saving lives, not just about keeping people out. This is about saving lives. So I'm going to get to some calls right now. 
Uh, because our next segment, we have uh, my guest uh, from the CIA, Scott Eulinger, is going to be joining us. I'm going to grab a couple of calls. I'm going to go to Frank in Brook Park. Uh, how are you, Frank? Are you there? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lamar. Absolutely. Uh, my name, yes, sir. Uh, I'm calling about a little bit of urgency in the area here. We've got the movie Unplanned, which is pretty much dwindling out at this time. There's only a few more days of showings, and that's what I'm calling to remind our local listeners that the movie on plan, as I believe it's a fantastic uh, uh, display of what's going on, how women are deceived, lied to, right. and brutalized when they go to the abortion mills. Right, I understand. Chambers. Okay. And the point is, the movie's out now, and it's... The showings are dwindling down. There's a couple theaters only have it twice a day right now in Medina, Crocker Park, and uh, in Willoughby. There's a movie theater that only has it one day time a day now anymore. And uh, just trying to remind the people that go to their local theaters to see the movie on plan. It's a very great capsule version of what's going on wrong in our country. Women are being deceived, lied to, right. and seriously injured. By abortion and the movie is very well done yeah thank 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 you for that thank you for that I, I i did see the movie um yeah i did see it and it was some of it was hard to watch but i definitely appreciate that and uh people can kind of look in their listings and see where they can go see it uh let's go to bj bj how are you sir hi lamar you're doing very well today congratulations <laughs> thank on, you on the way you're handling it um, and I'm sure it's very exciting, too, for you. Absolutely. Uh, my comment is, uh, and my concern is, uh, the American people, first of all, one of the things that really disturbs me about the former Democratic Party is that we have our own people in this country that have been struggling for their own achievements and betterments, and a lot of them have been gaining that under this administration. I do not see any interest in the Democratic Party trying to help its own American citizens. They're talking about opening the border and their sympathy of what's going on down there, their sympathy with the children, yet they're very, very pro-abortion and partial birth abortion and after-birth abortion. The hypocriticalness of, of this party and what's changed it is like a disease. There are some very good people that have been in the Democratic Party, but I no longer see them caring about our, our, our African-American brothers, our Hispanic brothers, uh, Christians, on and on it goes. It seems to me that they are co always in conflict with the opposition party rather than being in harmony with trying to help the American public. And I would like your observation and opinion on those thoughts, if you wouldn't. And good luck to you the rest of the day on the radio. Nice talking to you. Oh, all right, thank you. Thank you, BJ. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I've seen... Many, many politicians ask directly Tucker Carlson, who has a fantastic show. He's asked many politicians across the country directly. Do you feel an obligation to American citizens more than you feel to people who are not American citizens? Almost to a person. Not one of them has answered the question directly. They could never give a straight answer when asked that very basic question. You're elected by American citizens, whether you're a councilman or a governor mayor or senator whatever you're elected by american citizens but when he's asked directly do you feel an obligation to american citizens before foreigners and they never answer the question so you're right bj that, that that's exactly true there seems to be this 
need to tell people what great people they are because they care about, you know, Guatemala. Um, it's ridiculous. So I don't think they really care about the, the American public because guess what? Your, 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 your actions speak louder than your words ever could. So I'm Kali Namar. We're coming back on the other side. We have a fantastic guest, Scott Eulinger, 20-year veteran of the CIA. We'll be on to break down some of this uh, investigation and Mueller issue with us. Um, you're going to love him. Love him. I do. We'll come back on the other side. And you're listening to Kali Namar and Fabal France. We are back on the Todd Allen Show, and if you're wondering who the heck I am, <laughs> I am Khalid Namar. I am the... I'm sorry? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ready. Uh, if you're wondering who the heck I am, I am Khalid Namar. Uh, I am the co-host of a show here on Sunday nights, uh, which is the Todd Allen show, but I am in, of course, for Bob France. Our show is on Sunday nights, uh, nine to 11. Uh, so I'll be sitting in for Bob here today and tomorrow on the Bob France authority. And I relish this opportunity. So those of you who've been following this, um, Mueller situation with the investigation, with, with the intelligence, uh, counterintelligence investigation, there's been a lot of moving parts to this, even though you're only seeing about one or two of those parts. There's other moving parts. So one of my favorite guests, and I've spoken to him a few times over the last couple of years, he is a 20-year veteran of the Central Intelligence Agency. He was station chief in Central Asia, and he, he'll he shed some light on this for you. Uh, Scott Euling, are you there, Scott? Of course I am. Great <laughs> to be back. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You always come through when I need you. And that's right. Well, and you always have a very impressive knowledge of intelligence. So I know you do a lot of personal reading. So it's pretty uh, it's great that you can bring that to your listeners. You yeah, know, absolutely. You give me so much credibility. So let's let's ju- let's jump into this. So sure. most people don't know. OK, so this Mueller investigation about Russian interference was a counterintelligence operation. It wasn't a that's criminal right. one. It was counterintelligent one. So there's there's lots of things that go into that. Based right. on, on what you know and understand about the intelligence community, because, you know, after 20 years in the CIA, you know, you know, you know a little bit. Right. What do you think was done wrong with the initial FISA request? And this, how, was it, how does this investigation start off so wrong? Right. Well, actually, it started wrong because it was meant to be it was meant to be a political gotcha. I, I, I firmly believe there is some evidence to indicate that. And then plus my extensive background, I know that this is what's going on. From the minute that uh, Trump claimed that Trump Tower was bugged, I and, and the outrage of the press that followed, man, it's almost two years ago now, I think, um, I immediately thought, you know, this guy probably has a point. What I know about intelligence and everything that I have predicted has turned out to be the truth. By the way, if people want to, uh, I write a lot about national security. People can check me out at Newsmax.com. 
I write a blog there on national security, not just on intelligence, but on North Korea, China, etc. And they just type in the name Ulinger and they can find my stuff. But anyway, the, um, it started, I believe, that one of the main instigators in this whole thing was Brennan. And that's only now starting to creep out. Now, how do I, let me explain that. John Brennan was the CIA director, but he had been formally had been the national security advisor to Obama. He was an Obama guy and highly loyal to him. And what uh, I believe happened, and this is, some of these things have been spelled out in the press over the past two years, but the problem is they're here and there and in left field, and people just can't put it together. It's even difficult for me to put it together, let alone somebody who isn't an intel professional. But anyway, what they did was they put out the rumor that the Russians had dirt on Hillary as, a, as bait to hook somebody in the Trump campaign. And that was done, I think, to the, uh, Papadopoulos, I believe. Yes. And through people like um, Stephen Harper, who was like an FBI slash CIA asset, you know, like somebody who's in the payroll forever, like I don't want to get into that. And they, see, they put that information out there, and then they had another willing ear listening for when that Trump aide may have mentioned, like it's basically like a game of telephone, except at the end of this telephone conversation, they say, aha, they want to talk to the Russians about, about Hillary Clinton. And then that is somehow the justification we can use to hang an investigation on. Now, of course, we also have things like the, uh, the FISA request is very important. And, but what they do is they, people can play, you can play with a, um, you can play with monitoring someone's communications. Ostensibly, the CIA cannot listen to an American's conversations. However, if I have a foreign friend, then they're monitoring that guy's communications. And so you can game the system in the sense that you can say, Scott has an Iranian friend. We want to monitor Scott, but we can't. So what we'll do is we'll say we want to monitor his Iranian friend, and then we get most of his conversations. So they game the system that way. And that's what I predicted, and that has, that's basically what came to pass. So... They, they were able to, to daisy-chain American contacts onto monitoring foreigners, and that's how they got things like Flynn, General Flynn's conversation and things like that. And along with that, they, we had the, you may recall the redacting, uh, the, the thing with powers at the UN, and um, that there were these communications, these uh, raw intelligence that was collected, like a lot of these phone conversations were collected. Another thing that's very strange about this is at the same time they're allowing these kind of fast and easy okay. telephone monitoring operations. So, so, at the same excuse me, sorry, ahead, I'm sorry. Hold, hold that thought. We got a heartbreak sure. coming up. We're going to come back on the other side and jump more into this. Okay. We're talking to Scott Eulinger, our guest, former CIA station chief, and we'll be back on the other side. Opinion, insight. This is AM 1420, The Answer. Podcast. All right, we're back on the Bob France Authority. I'm Colleen Amari for Bob France, and we're going to pick right back up with my friend and friend of the show, Scott Eulinger. If you want to check out his writings, you can see him at Scott Eulinger, U E H L I N G E R at Newsmax.com, and you do want to read what this man has to say after 20 years in the Central Intelligence Agency. He knows a little bit about intelligence. Uh, Scott, you there? 
All right. Scott, are you there? All right. Can you hear me, Scott? Yeah, All I right. can hear you. All right. Excellent. Thank you. So right. you, you, now you mentioned before the break, you mentioned S- Stephen Harper. From my understanding, this was a well-known guy around D.C. who was implanted in the Trump campaign. So he was the spy that we've, we've heard right. about. Uh, right. That's possibly. Yeah, that, that may be true. I'm not even exactly sure about that. He was he's like some kind of lecturer who is in, based in England. So but he was the one who maybe was tasked to spy in the campaign. And that's another thing that we have to un- we have to understand is that this has never happened before. That is an illegal activity. And if I had proposed something like that, I would have been like immediately relieved of my command and sent to Leavenworth, probably. <laughs> what I'm saying is you cannot do these things. You cannot monitor a U.S. campaign. Or if you do, you better be extremely sure that there really is some Russian. You better be 110 percent sure there's Russian espionage there, because if there isn't, there'll be hell to pay. So the fact that these people did such daring acts indicates either they're just reckless or there is a political agenda. And I'm convinced that there is a political agenda. When you look at the statements of a Brennan or a Clapper who, who perjured himself in front of Congress twice, and, and Brennan who perjured himself in front of Congress at least once, you know, these are the types of people that we're dealing with. And so it's not really, I think, and now as we've gotten to know this a, a malignant cast of characters, as all the listeners have gotten to know these guys, we can see that, you know, there's really nothing we can put past them, that they that they were out to manipulate the powers of the intelligence community to achieve political ends, to defame Trump, to derail him, to discredit him. And I'm absolutely convinced of that, even more so than I was two years ago. So what, what convinces me, it, Peter Strzok with his tax with his lover by saying they had an insurance policy. What do you think, right. he, what do you think he was referring to, Scott? Right. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it's it's obvious to even ask the question is to answer it. Absolutely, there's no question about it. And and you know, these people, people like Strzok and stuff, were were basically like worker bees. Like he was not behind making the big decisions, but he was willing to implement them. So you got to have people who are willing to craft up this kind of illegality, and then you have to have soldiers who are going to carry it out. He would, I would put him as one of the soldiers, Comey somewhere in between, but Clapper and Brennan were primary drivers of it. And another thing, so I mentioned, you know, it's like a one-two punch. Okay, let's start broadening our ability to monitor their communications. And at the same time, let's make more people, this is into the Obama administration, let's make more people in the Obama administration have access to that information, which that's something that most people didn't get. But that's highly irregular. Why do you want to give more people in the government, the head of the Postal Service, access to signals intelligence? So that was what they did, the Obama administration, on the way out of the door. They made more information available to more agencies, which increased the chances for leaks. Am I correct in that? That is exactly right, Kelly. That is the only justification for it. There is no reason on God's green earth why you would want to widely disseminate raw signals intelligence. It doesn't make any sense. It's a counterintelligence nightmare because you want to protect your information, right? But in this case, they really didn't want to protect that information. They wanted the more people that know about this, the more chances it will leak. And since the leak may be embarrassing conversations that Trump had, then so be it. You see, so they, again, they abused the system in an underhanded way to undermine his presidency. 
So I have to at least say once <laughs> each time I'm on the air how much I despise the mainstream media because they've been giving right. people a one-sided view of this entire uh, situation for the past couple oh, of years absolutely. when there's like four or five moving parts that are going on, probably more than that. But you've been getting right. one side that is collusion, collusion, collusion every day without understanding right. that there was a whole process. Now, the FISA warrant, do you think there will be an investigation into how the FISA warrant was obtained? Yeah, it sounds like there will be. Barr has announced that. So that's a good thing because they that was abused. I mean, you can't say – I mean, uh, they, what they did was the equivalent of, like, let's, let's use a discredited dossier provided by a foreign source as the foundation of asking for a FISA request, which is the equivalent of me saying – Let's monitor um, Khalid's conversations because a drunk at the local bar said he wasn't a good guy. <laughs> right. I mean, we're supposed to have checks and balances to prevent these sorts of abuses of power. And that did not happen because there were all these people with the wink and a nod. Yeah, we don't like that guy either, Trump. So let's just make him look bad. But it's it's. It is alarming beyond belief as somebody like me who served this country in the Navy and in the CIA my entire life to see this kind of illegality and as at least to date, no uh, action taken against them. Now, hopefully that's going to change in the near future. Well, Peter Strzok has been not fired, but he's been uh, he was a, a deputy FBI director. He's been demoted, but he has not been fired. Is that correct? Um, I believe boy, I, 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 I think he's still in the agency. I think he's just been demoted or removed or something. I actually, I mean, uh, I, I might, you know, again, so many moving parts. I don't know about that. That's, mm -hmm. I guess it's possible, but if it is, that's again, that's, that's horrible that the individual was not a, at least forced to retire something. I mean, but again, these people like a cockroach in a nuclear war, they just, they survive everything. I mean, it's just, the corruption is incredible. Like I said, it's not only in the CIA, it's in the FBI and other places that, these people in high positions were abusing their power, and I want to see it answered to. And I know the listeners, and I know all the people around where I live in Pennsylvania, they want to see justice done. Because it's, it's an affront to all of the hardworking men and women who, who didn't do these things, who work in the FBI and the CIA, people like myself. Former CIA officer Scott Eulinger is our guest. So here's what, what really is disturbing to me is that you have things that Trump has said that has to, yes, Trump says a lot of things he shouldn't say, but right, sure, yeah, but there are things that he has said these turn out to be correct. Now, when it came to Trump Tower being bugged, I've been listening to someone else I interview and I admire, uh, Dan Bongino, who knows quite right. a bit about this former right. service. Right, sure agent. he does. He Absolutely. wrote a book on it, right? <laughs> Absolutely, called Spygate, and he talked about Trump was made aware that the tower was bugged. Because if you notice, he doesn't go back to Trump Tower anymore. He goes to Mar-a-Lago. He does not go to Trump Tower anymore. And That's right. Th they knocked and had that raid on Manafort because they were monitoring Manafort. So when it comes to uh, the intelligence people like Brennan, Brennan's security clearance has been stripped. What about Clapper? Has his security clearance? Um, I, I believe um, that I'm not sure about um, because basically there's this um, – and, and there's also, there's, and it, although of course it should be done, because these people use their existing clearance, which is apparently will never expire, such as mine it normally expires. They expire after two years if you're a, a rank and file officer such as myself. But if you're a bigwig, you get to keep it for some reason. And then they use this to broker good deals when they work as a commentator on CNN or somewhere else. Because see, when you have that clearance, 
It doesn't mean that he can go into the CIA and read reports. But what it does mean is that what Clapper can do is somebody with similar access who still works at the agency could te- technically take him aside and tell him sensitive stuff and not be guilty of anything. Wow. See, if that person told you or me that information, it could technically blow back on him because he could say, okay, you gave that to somebody who didn't have the clearance. But see, Clapper still has the clearance. So that allows, so that way he can still obtain some information from the agency and pass it off on the media. Now, again, that's clearly not what the CIA should be about or the FBI, and it should be illegal. And they should terminate everyone's security clearance. Everyone should be treated the same, whether you're a GS1 or the head of an agency. You lose your clearance after two years, and then if you have a job that's related, if the job that requires a clearance again, and by the way, working at CNN is, does not, is not grounds <laughs> for getting a security clearance, then you can get it back. But if you're going to be in the private sector as a talking head on CNN bashing the president, you shouldn't be allowed to have a security clearance. I mean, it's very simple for regular folks like us to understand, but not the D.C. swamp. Yeah. So I have a question because I've been, I've been reading about Brennan the last you know few weeks. How did a loon like Brennan become CIA director? Okay, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you some insider baseball okay, good. that not many people know. Okay, this is the deal with Brennan. Brennan, because uh, this is not the kind of thing you can read anywhere. Okay. Brennan was an analyst, okay, and not apparently well thought of. He was like, let's say, second executive officer, second in command of some branch or something. And what happens is when you know, when you basically, he got fired. And when you get fired from a job, you have like three weeks to find another job, quote unquote. So you wander the halls looking for a job <laughs> or getting in another assignment. That's normal. So but what happened was it was apparently a Christmas time. This is a long time ago. And nobody wanted them. But finally, he went to congressional affairs or something, and they needed a briefer to some low-level official by the name of George Tennant. Ah, there you and go. So he, so basically, he accidentally fell into a job of a, a, related to a guy who was catapulted to the head of the CIA, wow. and he rode his coattails the whole way. Dumb luck. But if that hadn't happened, you would never have heard the man's name. He would have just been another CIA retiree of no particular distinction. So, so that's, a, that's an amazing story, it, but it's it true. Is. So we've got a couple minutes left. So essentially, Tenet, now, he was director during your tenure with the CIA? Uh, yes. Tenet was director during most, uh, a lot of my tenure during the CIA. That's right. Okay. And what I find he most, was well thought of. What I most find, find most shocking about Brennan he voted for a communist for president of the United States in the late 70s. Right, right. I mean, that's what they say. And I don't know the – and so why – and how could someone get into the agency of, let's say, 1982 with that <laughs> on his record? And I, 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 the only thing I would venture to guess is maybe he had an uncle who was in the CIA. Like, I, you know, I have no family history in the CIA. I'm not what they call a legacy. I'm just a regular guy. I applied. I, I'm sure that if that were on my record, they wouldn't have taken me in. But he must have known somebody. He had a father, an uncle, a brother. Somebody was in the CIA right. or in the federal government before so that they overlooked that. I'm convinced that that must be the case, yeah. especially when you look at the CIA of 1982 that he got into. Absolutely. I mean, it was still a Cold War. Right. Well, Scott, you are, as always, as always, uh, you know, have me riveted. And this is, you know, the, we've we've interviewed a couple of times with you a few times now. I'm going to definitely have you back soon because sure. you, you're my go-to guy on intelligence matters. And I want to okay. thank you for always coming through for me when I need you. 
It's a pleasure. And uh, Scott Eulinger, former CIA officer, station chief. You can check him out, Scott Eulinger at Newsmax.com. And see you next time, Scott. Sure thing. Take care. Take care. I am Khalid Namar, Infobot France, and we will be back with your calls. Another chance he takes. Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Secret agent man. Secret agent man. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in, like, forever. I get it, you're retired, but I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. You're back on the Bob France Authority. I am Khalid Namar once again, winding down. So, first, uh, you know, foray on live radio in a while, and it, it's uh, it's 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 a good experience. I got some good teachers around here, so, uh, fantastic engineers that are keeping me in line. <laughs> it's a lot to uh, it's a lot to keep your eye on, but uh, I love it, and I'll be better tomorrow. Uh, I'll be a little bit. I'm loosening up. You know, I'm just getting into this thing. Um, the, the, you know, the live radio thing. So got a few minutes left. So I'm going to grab a couple of calls. We're going to go to Jim in West Park. Jim, how are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Um, you had mentioned something about the email showing up a week before the election. That was Peter Smith. He went to New York police department and told him about Huma Aberdeen's, uh, emails that she was transferring and he showed up dead uh, in a Rochester, Minnesota hotel room, okay? And oh. Seth Rich gave okay. emails to yep. WikiLinks. So Russia did not have... Yeah, we, we, can't, we can't confirm that. Um, don't know anything about that. Can't confirm it. But, um, you know, that, that's, that's a theory out there. So I don't want to engage in, you know, things like that. Um, Seth Rich is dead. That is a fact, but nothing has been confirmed as to how he died. So we don't want to, you know, speculate on that. Uh, but speaking of Huma Abedin, Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills were aides to Hillary Clinton and did uh, find out about her server. And that server, which was well, in, her, in her home up in, uh, I think it was up, up upstate New York. It was confirmed that they did know about it and they, kind of misled the fbi they just weren't charged for not telling the truth because it's very selective i guess when you're charged with with lying to the fed so uh but anyway um we shall see i like i was saying uh earlier to a caller we we don't want to go down this road of going after people with more litigation more investigations we really don't want to do it it's just sort of uh sort of ridiculous at this point I think that this country has some real serious issues to solve, and I think that we need to solve them. Uh, for instance, the, the budget. I am not happy with the spending, and that needs to be paid attention to. Uh, the Republicans talk quite a bit about this when they're out of power, but when they're in power, they don't seem to be fiscally responsible. And some of the budget hawks uh, 
uh, in Congress are, are kind of quiet right now on some things when it comes to the, to the spending. You know, I don't particularly like it. You need to be consistent on these issues because because guess what? You know, good times will not always be here. We can't spend and spend and spend and then expect, you know, our quality of life to remain the same. It just will not happen. It just it just won't. I wish there was just one consistent budget hawk. Like back in the day, we had a guy, Tom Colburn. Tom Colburn from uh, Oklahoma was a very consistent budget hawk. And where is a Tom Colburn right now? Uh, I actually have one of his books, and it's called The Debt Bomb. And this guy has been sounding the alarm for years on the budget, and he's had some health issues lately, so he has you know, had to beat cancer and so forth. So he, you don't have a guy like him now. You have to have someone there to keep these people, and I'm going to use this term loosely, honest. <laughs> if, if if that can be done, you have to you know you have to keep these people honest. Uh, but right now we have a situation where we have an election coming up. We have 20 plus Democrats running, only one Republican challenger to Trump. So it looks like he doesn't have much of a chance. Bill Weld, former governor of Massachusetts. You're going to have Trump running against somebody. Could be Bernie. Uh, I don't think it'll be Buttigieg. I really don't. But we have to make a decision as to which direction we're going to go. And I'm I'm not sure, you know, how this is going to play out in the next uh, few months when it comes to who the Democratic frontrunner will be. If I had to vote for anybody on that side, I would vote for our uh, on Ohio's uh, Congressman Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan is a very, he's a conservative Democrat. He has some very decent ideas on economics, but uh, I don't know if if he has the personality to capture any, any voters. But we shall find out. We got about, uh, about two minutes left, so let's go to Mari on line one. Mari, are you there? Oh, maybe not. Let's try it again. Murray, are you there? I I am. I am. I just have, I, I actually agree with Jeff from Beach with a call earlier, and I totally disagree with you. Yes. Uh, I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. If there's, if there's no more investigation, if we don't take care of what happened on the Democratic okay. side, it's going to happen again. It's going to okay. happen on a regular basis. I got a question so I, for you. I got a question for you real quick. What proof do you have that Republicans can walk and chew gum at the same time? Well, Donald Trump was in the for the first time. Wait, what's that? What's that? Is that, sir? Something, something's, something's happening with the line. Not sure. Uh, no, we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Sorry, we can't. Uh, that I just don't agree with that at all. If you, if either you want the country to move forward or you want to engage in this silliness of, you know, subpoenas and investigations, that's not what these people are here to do. You cannot call yourself a serious Republican if you just want to act like Democrats. That's just, no. Enough of the investigations. You you have to beat these people in the ring, and that is the arena of uh, of policy. You know, you, you don't play dirty tricks like the Detroit Pistons back in the day. Instead of beating you at actual basketball, they just knocked you over the head. That's not what we want to do. You want to actually play this game the way it's supposed to be played, and that is you win in the arena of ideas. You don't sue the heck out of the other side and try to win elections. You don't, you just don't do it. So 
walking and chewing gum at the same time? No, because they're not doing it right now. There's a lot of ton of moving parts you have to do in order to govern. You have to pay attention to a ton of issues. You have enough on your plate instead of worrying about uh, who can we now. Do I think there should be a criminal investigation into the FISA applications? Yes. But I don't think it should expand to going after, you know, four or five different different uh, people. I don't. I don't. I really don't. So sorry. I just have a disagreement there. Uh, walking and chewing gum at the same time. No, I don't think so. Plus, the the public is very myopic. They focus on what the media feeds them on a daily basis. So we have some serious issues to solve. And I don't want to see this game played. I just don't. So we have to we have to be better than that. Come up with some ideas because it's about ideas at the end of the day. That's what that's what's going to win. Not who sues the other side more than the other. Um, I will be back tomorrow. Same time. 9 a.m. Here on the Bob France Authority. And I, again, am grateful for this opportunity. Thanks to you all for listening in today. Hopefully, uh, you know, you'll join us again tomorrow. I am Khalid Namar. I am in for Bob France. I will see you tomorrow morning. Silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.